So we've talked a lot about theory and what this is and all that good stuff, but I just want to take a bit to, so everyone can kind of get to know who we are a little better to give everyone a chance to talk about how, how we ended up here, like what, how we got into hypnosis, how we managed to, to stumble into this very interesting very rewarding profession because we all have very 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 different stories about how we ended up here so uh speaking for myself since i put everyone on the spot throw myself (laughs) under the bus again um so interesting fact before i got educated in hypnotherapy i had zero experience with hypnosis that i was aware of that i was cognitive of of course it's very different once you learn exactly what hypnosis is but i um basically i was in a position that i was reading tarot cards professionally and i wasn't so much reading people's fortunes so to speak i was using the cards as representations of psychological archetypes to be able to reframe people's problems to them, to help them work through whatever it is that they were seeking help for. And I, I got a very positive reception to that. I had people calling me back just to thank me to that, that I helped them. And as I said before, I lived my life for a long time as a very negative person. And that was really one of my, my first exposures to just being kind, to, to just changing that mindset, changing that perception. And I very much liked it. I liked helping people. And I wanted a new way to do that. I wanted to just do that and not have to answer the, is my husband cheating on me question 20 times a day? Oh, the answer is yes. Uh, if you ever have to ask that question. <laughs> Uh, the answer is almost always yes. But, and especially if you find yourself calling a phone psychic for it, yes, answer is yes. Um, so let me save you some three ninety nine dollars a minute. Anyway, uh, so I, I, I had this, this thought in my head. I wanted, I wanted a way to do this. And of course, I can't just become a therapist or become a counselor. That is nowhere near interesting or strange enough for me. So I was on Facebook one day and the algorithm, uh, glory to its name, uh, put a hypnotherapy college in front of me. And for those of you that don't know, and this is not an endorsement of the school or nor is it a condemnation, uh, we all pretty much come from the same place in terms of a school. We all come from a place called HMI College of Hypnotherapy. It is an accredited college uh, that by the Department of Education that specializes in teaching clinical hypnotherapy. Um, most of us, I believe, attended the 720-hour postgrad program. Some of us are going a little further than that uh, and getting their advanced program. Just, I believe, is the one. Hey, are you going to the... Okay. But so 
as I said, I'd never heard of hypnosis before. I mean, I'd heard of it, but like, and I knew what a hypnotherapist was, but I'd never really given it that consideration. My only exposure to hypnosis is, uh, and I'm looking at the book right now, it's a book from, I think, 1907 on the topic, mm. which is every bit as wacky as you want it to be. But so I, I decided to, to give it a shot, to call, to see. And they said some things that interested me. And I thought, why not give it a shot? I, I'm willing to see this one through. Hypnosis sounds interesting. You never know. And I think I was in class for about two weeks before I had my mind blown. I remember the first time I saw an arm raising, which is an induction where you make someone's arm come up off the table and touch their head without them consciously doing it. Absolutely stunned because uh, I have somewhat of a medical background and uh, I, I recognized like reactions, like ways that they were moving that could not be conscious. They were very reactionary twitches and movements and it was fascinating. And then eventually, of course, I experienced hypnosis. And then I started learning things about myself through the process that changed everything. And of course, eventually I started working with people and discovered that I had an actual talent for it and absolutely loved the, the depth that I was able to help people bring about change and the change I was able to bring about in myself. And now this is, like I've said, this, I stumbled into a calling and I've, I've done work that was neat in the past. I've done work that made me a lot of money. Uh, I was a tattoo artist many years. No one on camera has been able to tell you. Um, and I was never fulfilled by it, but this, this work doing, helping people in this way and in such a fascinating way is the first time that I actually loved what I do. And it's, and, and, and uh, I, a lot of us feel that way. I've, I've met many people doing this that feel like they found their calling that, that are doing something for the first time that they truly connect with. And it's for the first time in a while and or ever really I'm happy with myself with who I am, with where I'm going with the people around me. And that's what I try to bring to my clients. I found that thing that I was looking for that, that way to help people more than I was. And that's what I do every day. So that's my story. <laughs> Who's next? Well, I can go next. Um, I started back in 1995. Actually, I was. I did not know uh, that. that? <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, not officially, but um, I was a senior in high school who was doing post-secondary enrollment options at the University of Minnesota, who has a really good <laughs> medical school, and I was prepping to be a, a neurosurgeon at that point in my life, and. I so I was like, well, you know, I'm going to sneak into the medical school library and just learn what I can learn and prep for going to medical school. One day I come across a uh, um, book entitled Clinical Applications of Hypnosis. And I was like, well, this is kind of interesting. It, it's weird, but I'll try it out. Started reading 
pages and pages of it and it just kind of flowed really easily for me and I felt really cool so then I came across the chapter on asthma and as I'm reading this I'm finding that my brother my older brother was a uh, poster child and I've never really told everybody the exact details because I've said I knew somebody but it was actually my older brother who was a poster child for asthma um and he had a lot of the symptoms and everything so I was like well why don't I just try it out I don't even I don't even know what hypnosis is I don't even know how I'm supposed to deliver these words but there's a script here like if I can do something anything to help him because at that point he was having uh asthma attacks like three four times a day so I was like you know what I'll I'm gonna try it out and without really understanding what I was doing I was able to help him stop having attacks for three or four months. So he went from like three or four attacks a day to no attacks for three to four months. And um, the unfortunate thing is that we never know how effective it really would have been because a few months after that, he fell from a bridge um, through some accident and um, didn't make it. But I, from that point forward, I, I continued to be interested in hypnosis. I wanted to get trained, but life just never worked out that way because then I was always like, well, my parents were always like school, school, school. And then when I graduated, they're like, well, we didn't want to move out of the ghetto. Are you going to get us a house or something? And so then, you know, I went, started working corporate, but eventually came, moved back or moved out to LA. And then during the pandemic, um, I had the opportunity, the rare opportunity to say, well, you know what, let's, let's do this. Let's check out HMI. My wife was kind of arm twisting me into doing it. She scheduled the, uh, the, the tour, the interview. And then I was like, you know what, let's do it. Let's do it. So I signed up and as they say, the rest is history. It's a beautiful, powerful story. That's, that's awesome. I, uh, I'm learning stuff today about everyone I didn't know. So there's <laughs> there's that too. Yeah. Yes. Next. Who wants who wants to go next? Ladies, who would like to go? <laughs> Either way, I don't mind. Um so it's a, it's interesting figuring out, well, where did this actually start? Right? <laughs> a great question. And I really feel like my whole life. Short story or long story. Right, exactly. I really feel like I'm going to try to do a hybrid of short story, long story. Okay. So I really feel like I, my whole life has kind of led up to me being here, not just here being a hypnotherapist, but here in this group with this specific room of people right here in this podcast. Right. I feel like that's one of the things that I've been leading up to my whole life. Right. Like this is part of what I've been like. I think a lot of us have that feeling of yearning towards something without being able to define it. Right. So I was born, I have two sisters and I was born in a family that was very like nuclear right. Um, uh, like white upper middle class, like my dad sells insurance. <laughs> and so I was born not like that at all. Okay. Um, I was that spirited kid out of all of them that they didn't know what to do with. 
And I had a lot of spiritual experiences pretty naturally that I understood they couldn't process. So I just kind of kept them to myself. And I always knew I wanted to do something with that. I was supposed to do something with that. And I always wanted to help people, right? So when I turned 14, my mom passed away. And this was kind of like a really young dark night of the soul for me. Okay. Because at 14 is about the age that your mind can process death as a thing, right? It's before that it's like they're here and they're gone, but developmentally about the age of 14 is when your brain is like, Oh, I understand this on a new level. Um, so simultaneously with that, I was on my own. And so kind of raised myself after that point, which was bittersweet because honestly, like I wouldn't be where I am now if I hadn't. Right. So I went to college originally for chemistry because I wanted to help people, but that was definitely not the right route for me. Um, but it's funny because I remember there being a stage hypnotist that came to the school and I wanted nothing to do with it. I was like, hypnosis is gross. Like it's creepy and I hate it. And you know, 12 years later, but so I eventually was like, this isn't for me. I can't even. So I wasn't even sure what I was going to do, but I ended up having my first child who's now 11 and decided I was like, okay, what's the best thing I can do to be the best parent I can be. So I became a preschool teacher and Honestly, my, my inner hypnotherapist was there, right? Because what was I best at, right? I was known for being the best at nap time because I literally would do like a meditation, like a guided meditation for them. I was doing hypnosis guys. Okay. And I was doing a positive guided meditation for them. Right. And they would all pass out. And then I as my daughter got older, I was like, okay, I need to branch out and do more and grow more. Like I've learned a lot from this place. And with my observations about early childhood, I learned a ton about where our early like wounds come from. Right. And our conditioning. And that's what I was really, really into at that point. And then moving forward a little bit, I ended up getting married and was a stay at home mom with two kids at that point. And, um, I learned even more about stepping into that spiritual world and meditation because my ex-husband is a Kabbalistic philosopher and it just, I knew that there was a more positive way to use this stuff. Okay. There was a healthier way. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to just dip my toe in and, um, get some life coach training. Right. Lots of people have done it. I'm aware. (laughs) Um, and so I did that and I was like, you know, I need more. This isn't quite enough. This isn't, I know that I can have, I wanted the quickest route to helping people, not just for my experience, but for other people's experiences. Right. Because I had been through years of therapy and I knew that it takes forever. And the only reason mine didn't take so long was because of the choices I made and how I tackled it. Right. And how I dove my whole self into it because I wanted to understand the process. Um, but that it talk therapy can take a really long time. It can be a really important step, but I knew there was a, a shortcut. Right. And so I'm sorry, there'll be a shortcut to this story soon. And, 
Um, I couldn't help it. But so at that point, right. Um, I was separated from my ex. I was working as a actual, um, I was working as a, uh, at a DV shelter, uh, as a women's advocate. Right. And I thought I was going to do that for the rest of my life. I found my thing. Okay. I'd been working there for about a year and it felt like the sky fell down because, um, it, it was a non-hierarchical system. It was like a bunch of feminists. It was super cool. I was so in love with that job, but it was a lot of crisis work. And what I was really good at was working, um, in the houses with the women individually and helping them process their stuff and figure out what they wanted from their lives and, and where to go from here and how to not get in a situation like this again and how to put themselves first. Right. I was again, a hypnotherapist in a way. So, um, because a lot of these women were stuck in trance in a way, right. Because they had just escaped these traumatic situations and they were literally in hiding. Right. And some of those situations were so freaking scary, man. And so I ended up kind of going into hypnosis myself. Right. Um, so I, it, it was, they, it was a good thing that I was let go from there, but it felt like the sky fell down. And so I had a really long chunk of time where I was just like, what am I doing? And so I was talking to my friend who is a life coach, but also does NLP. And he was like, well, you can look into NLP. Let's look at all of the things. Let's figure this out. You want more, right? So I always knew I wanted to do NLP, which I am certified in NLP and MER, um, which are some really awesome and helpful modalities. But I just was like, you know what? I feel like hypnosis and hypnotherapy would be incredible to add to this. Like, I'm going to sit on that. And I sat on it for like eight, almost just shy of a year. And I had found this college that we went to. And I literally just woke up one day and was like, it's time. Didn't talk to my current husband about it. Just signed up. My actual uh, interview to be accepted was on my birthday. I was like, whatever, it's fine. We're going, we're doing this. I'm doing this. He came home from work one day and I was like, I'm back in school. I'm sorry. This is going to be a large commitment. And, And he was like, what? And thankfully was alone for the ride. But that year, just like, I, I just, all the pieces put back together. And then I met these people and, um, kind of like had all of them in the back of my mind, like, man, these are some really special people. And one day it was just like, Hey guys, I'm going to do a mastermind. You come in. Here we are. <laughs> yep. Here we are. So that's that. I met you in a practicum and we were, we were talking shit. Remember that was so funny. (laughs) That's how we met too. I'm pretty sure. Why does that make so much sense? (laughs) So so guys, I wanted to say real fast and for everyone listening, this might not make sense, but it will in retrospect, we're, we're going to run long today. So I'm going to split this into two parts. Uh, Nobody rush through anything or feel like they have to. I'm just going to split this up. So no worries. Continue. That was me rushing through my story. <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought that was more Molly. Uh, yeah, I know. I ended it very abruptly, but basically like my journey is still happening and it's just going to keep happening because that's when you fall in love with this type of work, 
your journey doesn't, there, this isn't a destination. This isn't a destination wedding. It's unfolding. Life, right? Like it's not a destination wedding with life. Uh, it, it's a journey, right? Like we're just on the plane and then we get off, we have a layover, we hop back on the plane. We have to circle around because we're in a storm. Like it gets real, <laughs> but we have the tools and the support and there's no journey I'd rather be on. Yeah. And now we have community yeah. too, which is something we are all so passionate about sharing with our audience. Absolutely. And expanding because it's made all the difference in the world to I think every single one of us. 100%. And that's a good time to mention to anyone listening. We are trying to kind of bring everyone together here, kind of create a community. So if you hear any of us talk about anything that you have questions about, if there's anything you would like to hear us answer, there's we will have a way to contact us. Uh, it will be in the description. I'll probably put it at the end of this episode, but 100% always feel 100% free to reach out to us. Uh, our, our metaphorical digital door is, is open. So, and if you pose, absolutely. And if you pose a question that we feel is worth discussing, we will absolutely discuss it on the show, but we'll always answer no matter what we'll, we'll always answer no matter what. There you go. We're um, hoping to be able to answer. Like we want, to ask questions. <laughs> we, we want to, because we're here for you. Right. Yeah. So, like, so on, on that note, I, two, two things are really important here, right? With all of this, take what serves you, leave behind the rest. You, you still need to be uh, the pilot in your own pulpit. You, you can't hand it over to anybody else because at the end of the day, you're the only person with you all the time. That and, seems like a good segue in introducing yourself and, oh, okay. and saying how you got here. <laughs> Well, on that note, too, I, I really I really have to say, um, I think there's quite a depravity of resources available to people to support themselves in really becoming their best selves. And when and when you become when, when at least you begin on the endeavor of living a life worth living, you're not only doing that for yourself, but you're actually doing that for your community, the people around you, the lives of the people around you get better when your life gets better. So Absolutely. even if it's, you know, I was once in a place and that is a good segue, J. Rob, thank you. Uh, I was once in a place where I wasn't sure that my life was worth saving. And I think probably that's not unfamiliar territory to everybody here. And um, so here's my story. I grew up to the parents of two PhD biologists. And so dinner table discussions were very scientific. I learned critical thinking very early. Um, and I love my parents and we have a wonderful relationship today. And I wish them safety on, on their uh, vacation they're on, uh, just embarking on this morning. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, they were focused on secure economic security for our household, and I didn't I didn't have a mentorship relationship with really either of my parents, um, and and that's all fine and dandy. But I really, really valued science. I was trained essentially that, you know, truth is truth, and um, 
hippy dippy stuff is other, whatever, you know? Um, and what's interesting simultaneous to that, my mom is a co-founder of the Middle East Peace Camp for Arab and Jewish children in Seattle, Washington. And that's been going on for, I think, 14 years now. Um, and so I grew up with this kind of dual experience. One experience was the very scientific discussions around the dinner table, um, you know, systems, biology, stuff like that. And then another was the activism that I supported my mother with, right? And, and I became a camp counselor and it helped me learn how to work with children. Um, and that was all very interesting. So I went through high school and I had a key decision to make. I, I took AP bio and I took a, uh, AP physics at the same time. And I'm like, let's see what I like. And bio was a whole bunch of memorization. I'm like, well, that's stupid. And then physics actually taught me how to understand the world. And so I'm like, well, that's cool. <laughs> so, so I went from there and, and applied to engineering uh, programs, uh, just UCs because living in California. And I went to UC Irvine for mechanical engineering. And um, I think it's significant to mention during three years of my time at UC Irvine, I was with one person and she needed support in from me or she felt she needed support in terms of me being very stable so that she could essentially go through her dark night of the soul and find herself on the other side. And so I took it as a sort of virtue that I would stay the same. And um, it, at the end of my junior year, I was all set to go back up to Seattle and um, have, have an internship there and live with her again for the summer. And essentially she was bored with the relationship and she found someone else, right? And that rocked my world. I had no means to cope with that reality and I had uh, no sense of self as well. And so that was a very exploratory summer for me. And it broke open a lot of stuff. You know, I, I was 21 years old. I tried marijuana for the first time. Um, I had this boundary dis dissolving experience, right? And for all of the stagnancy that I had kept inside me for the past, for the previous three years, all of that sort of chaos and exploration opened up. And I, you know, I was a wild person in a way. And, um, Nonetheless, you know, I finished my degree, I went into the workforce, and I still had this very idealistic version of what I thought the reality was. And so I went into the engineering world, and I'm like, whoa, like, we're not all working together towards our mutual goals here. Like, what? Like, shouldn't we all collaborate? Oh, you mean you don't work with the manufacturing people because they're different than you and you think you know better and there's like tremendous ego involved and you're not at, at all willing to acknowledge that or work with that? Whoa, like it was shocking to me. And I actually got that job because of my next three-year relationship, uh, which was a very, turned out to be a very toxic relationship at, at the end of the day. It was mutually abusive and it was traumatizing. And she was somebody who had been trafficked and um, I helped her get out of that. And as a result, I also incurred a lot of secondary trauma from that. 
and um you know i it, and that any hypnotherapist will understand that when subconscious minds merge you you share models of reality and you share a lot <laughs> and so i really did take on a lot of trauma from that experience and frankly i also chose it because i knew that i didn't understand the world and i knew that i need to understand how fucked up things can be and then how to walk back from that and so i started as that relationship ended i was started to look for something so who okay here i am who has answers I went to three different psychotherapists. It's like, okay, it's nice to talk. I feel heard. I feel listened to, but that was the extent of it. And I'm like, what the heck? And I was just depressed and stuck. And I was kind of like a lion backed into a corner. You know, it was a little scary for my parents to be around me because I moved back in with them. And like J-Rob, I got an advert on Instagram for this weird college called hmi college whatever that thing is right and i'm like all right well got nothing to lose so i booked a call and i spoke with a mr mr mario pescatori and he uh let me know that he was having a rough time before he found hmi as well and he let me know that hmi provided him with a large toolbox to live the life that he really wanted to live and that blew out of the water every other conversation I'd ever had as far as self-empowerment. So I enrolled and I was terribly impatient because I'm like, I thought you guys were going to fix me. I ain't fixed. I ain't even close. But nonetheless, I kept the course and eventually start, things started to get better. And simultaneous to that in the past couple, really in the past year, especially prior to enrolling, I was having a series of spiritual experiences that I just did not know how to process. Um, and we won't go into all those because it's far too much. But, you know, needless to say, like, I just was like, okay, well, this weird thing happened. And I just don't have a means to, to understand that. And so I ended up meeting my partner, Krista, who is a psychic and a voice channeler. And in communicating with her, she showed me that all that I was experiencing is actually very normal for those who are open to it. And because I was opening myself to it, I was experiencing it. And it actually all made a lot of sense. And so for the first time in my life, I gained a model of reality that was actually usable, that I could actually navigate with. And um, that led me to this group as well. And um, frankly, I'm honored to be here um, because this is the start of something good. And um, I, I, I see us... I see this group building resources and building understanding that the world is desperately in need of because the level of not self is incredible. The level of us ourselves essentially raping ourselves or pillaging ourselves, right? 
everybody is so terribly sovereignty pillaged. We're pillaged from our own sovereignty in all these different ways. We think we need to be this kind of person in order to simply be safe. And um, all of this journey also led me to be a human design reader. And I find that to be incredibly useful as well. So that's in essence my story, uh, as I'm sure is true with all of you, there's plenty more to share, but um, I think it's either Jess or Renee next. I want to touch on something you said though, that, that makes a lot of sense that, that I think we can all kind of connect with and that it gave us a way to navigate the world that we understood. And that's really one of the big things that, that changed myself. And one of the things that I hope to, if not bring people with this show to at least give people the resources and direction to, to find that direction themselves. And it's, I, I've been intensely lost my whole life. I think a lot of us can, can speak to that so much. I've got it tattooed on me somewhere. And, <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> yeah, somewhere. Uh, but I, I don't feel lost anymore. And I don't feel like anyone in this group feels lost anymore. Even if we haven't found where we're going, we know where we're going. We at least know the direction. And a lot of people out there listening right now don't have that. And I really hope, and, and the purpose with, with having us all share these things is in hopes that, that somebody out there hears something familiar, that somebody out there is able to, and, and one of us or all of us or a couple of us or whoever, hear something of their own story and, and realize that, th that they can't, that other people have been through what they've been through or something similar and found different and found better. And as Callum said, uh, it, it kind of put voice to something that I wasn't sure about with my own past, the whole concept of I wasn't sure if my life was one of those worth saving. And I don't have that doubt anymore. And I look back at that doubt a lot because it makes me understand where a lot of people come from. So uh, anyway, who's next on our, our little thieves row? <laughs> Molly has some. Well, I just wanted to add in these words, okay? Um, home, coming home, homecoming. Mm -hmm. That, it really summarizes, I think. So we've all had these collaborative experiences that were very similar in the sense of we had a lot of rough roads to drive down, right? And then we all found hope in becoming hypnotherapists. And the tools that we learned helped us grow. And then we found this group and it was like coming home. And we want that feeling for other people. And that's the whole point of this podcast, right? Is to bring that community, that collaboration, that feeling of home that many people, like I, I, I didn't feel for the first time until I was in at least my mid twenties. You know, and that's what we just want to share. Thank you.
I'll go. So, <laughs> um, I was born with into a Catholic family, and I went to Catholic school, and um, it was really hard for me because I, at a very young age, was able to communicate with spirits and people who had passed on. So. I was seeing ghosts and having all of these experiences and my parents um, were very emotionally unavailable. My mom was a drug addict and she did end up leaving us when I was about nine. So we were, you know, living with my dad who worked all the time and just didn't really have time to be there for us. And he thought I was, you know, imagining things and yada, yada, like most parents do when their kids say these kinds of things to them. <laughs> so as I grew up, um, my dad remarried and the you know my stepmom and I we have kind of a good relationship now but we didn't when I was a child and because my mom my biological mom was an addict I was the oldest so I played mom you know so I took care of the house and the kids and I witnessed a lot of domestic violence um she ended up leaving my dad and going you know marrying a drug dealer and bringing me into situations where I'm very surprised I didn't end up being killed and I, my parents, my dad was really protective though, because he didn't want me to end up like my mom. And I ended up um, not really being taught about sex or being taught how to protect myself or being taught about the real world. I was, you know, it was like he wanted to keep me caged up and just protect me, you know, his oldest daughter. And he thought he was doing the best for me, obviously, but I ended up getting pregnant at 17. <laughs> so, and I was so brainwashed by religion at that time that I thought I had to marry this guy or I would go to hell and, you know, burn for an eternity. And even though I knew it wasn't the right thing, I did it anyway because of this programming that I had been born into. And we, you know, I, I tried to leave him, ended up getting pregnant again. We had, it was like just a universal thing. I mean, it was one time we got back together and I got pregnant. So I, you know, I know that my son was meant to be here and I eventually um, started being abused by him consistently, and um, it got to the point where I had to join the military actually to save my family, like to, to save myself and my kids. So I joined the military, ended up moving to Montana of all places, and in my trauma, got married again six months later. You know, life path five over here. So. <laughs> um, got remarried and this he was not good for me the military um i had a lot of very bad experiences in the military as well i was sexually assaulted by one of my co-workers who was also an airman and um ended up getting impregnated and had to get an abortion and it was so i was going through so much and i was with this guy we were married and he started cheating on me constantly I started picking up alcohol and, you know, ended up having a baby and I was sober while I was pregnant. But as soon as my baby was born and he was old enough, you know, I picked the wine back up and I ended up developing all of these like chronic illnesses, like severe chronic pain. Um, I was in the hospital all the time. I mean, I was on so many prescriptions. I had depression, anxiety. I was suicidal. And you know, I'll, I just drank my feelings away. I ended up getting medically discharged and, you know, continued my life of alcoholism. You know, I was still a good, you know, I, I was a still, I didn't drink when my kids were awake, 
I waited till they went to sleep. You know, I wasn't the mom drinking in the morning with my coffee or anything, but um, I kept meeting these really abusive men and it kept happening over and over. And I met this, the second, the second husband or the third husband, sorry. And it was very intense. And I know now it was like a past life connection and that's why it was so intense. And I, at that time I had started stripping as an, you know, an exotic dancer and I was still actively an addict. Um, the dancing is not what made me pick up alcohol. It was just everything else going on in my life. And I ended up, um, dancing for about four years and in the beginning it became a very spiritual experience for me and I was so angry at God if you could say that for all of the things that had happened to me and you know just never feeling loved or accepted or my dad always pushing this idea of perfection on me that I had to be a certain way to be loved that I had to achieve this to be worthy of love I was always going after these men that would criticize me and put me down even though I wasn't doing it consciously, I was like attracting, you know, the, my father, I was attracting my father. So dancing for me, it was very empowering. I mean, it helped me feel in control of myself and in control of my body and in control of my life. And I was able, you know, I could tell someone no. And if they touched me, I could get them kicked out. And, you know, I could be myself to pretend to be somebody to be loved. I didn't have to put on this facade that I was a Christian or that I wasn't a dancer. You know, I mean, I could just be who I wanted to be. And I ended up having a spontaneous Kundalini awakening. And um, my life completely changed after that. I went from being a, an atheist to seeing, if you could call it God, um, seeing this giant being in the sky appearing to me, you know, holding this vortex of energy and this energy just kind of spread all over the sky. And I started seeing all of my past lives and all of the things I've done and everyone, everyone who I've ever been. And all of this just started unfolding for me. And I ended up getting into, um, you know, Reiki healing and Oracle cards, tarot cards, meditation. And I ended up getting off all of my prescription drugs, everything, you know, I, um, completely flipped my life around. I was still drinking, I will say that, but it wasn't as bad as it was and I wasn't really using it to cope at that time. And as as it started unfolding, I um, started having even more like strange experiences that completely changed my perception of reality. And I realized like, I am a God fractal and that I can create anything I want. And there are is so much more to the world than we are being told. And that just, you know, I always knew that as a child, obviously being a psychic medium, but finally having it, you know, like, wow, ETs are real. Like there are beings in other dimensions, you know, all of this stuff. And it just, it literally just gave me peace because as a child, I was always the weird kid talking about witches and werewolves and vampires and like, you know, fairies and stuff. And I'm like, wow, like it makes sense why this has always resonated with me so much. And I was still in that abusive relationship at the time as well. But my connection with the universe and with my spirit guides and my galactic family, I mean, they are beings from another place that I know. I mean, we've lived, we've been together for a very long time and they helped me and gave me information and, you know, like guided me, like, this is what you need to do. This is how you can do this, you know 
giving me a nudge here, a nudge there. And I ended up um, listening to Dolores Cannon and I was still in this abusive relationship, but I was kind of becoming more of an observer in it. It was very volatile. So it was hard for me to get out of that situation. And I was just kind of making the best of the life that I had. And um, I ended up getting my child taken away from me. Um, he, the second husband, he was very abusive. And he wanted to get back together with me. And I said, no. So he kind of used his family as a way to get back at me. They had a lot of money. And, sorry. <laughs> I haven't had him for four years now. Um, and they just kind of, there's a lot of stuff that happens in the legal community that people don't realize. And they are pretty much able to steal my child from me. And I live very far away from him. So I'm only able to see him about once a year. So that happened. <laughs> and, you know, I'm progressing spiritually. I'm learning so many things. I'm learning about my soul and who I am and I'm healing. And then my husband tried to kill me. And um, he ended up eventually, you know, he went to prison, well, for prison, a jail for a few months. And as our subconscious minds, you know, trick us into thinking that something is good for us, even though it isn't, I got back with him, you know, in my pain of losing my son. And um, I, it was about the beginning of 2020 pandemic. <laughs> I had a, a, a very major spiritual experience and it kind of, I, it was like I changed into a different person, like more than just a regular spiritual awakening. I mean, overnight I was able to quit smoking cigarettes. I was, I quit drugs. I quit alcohol. I mean, it was like I completely changed into a new person that the person that was healthy and happy and, you know, I met my current partner and, you know, it's kind of just been helping me realize, like, I have been repeating these cycles over and over and over and over. And it's been happening lifetime after lifetime. And it's happening to my mom and it happened to her mom. You know, we've all been these victims of life and of programming. And I am um, the beginning of 2020. So. I started researching Dolores Cannon and, you know, she has quantum hypnosis training where she, it's a school that she created focusing mainly on hypnosis and your higher self. So it was kind of expensive. And I was like, well, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, just because I was in that program, you know, like I don't have enough money to pay for this. And that's a, you know, that's a poverty blockage that we have where we think like we, if we spend this money, we're not going to make it back, you know? So um, I ended up scripting that year, like, I want to go to hypnosis school. I want to start, you know, a spiritual business. I want to create a podcast. I want to start writing, you know, creatively. And at that time, I was, I, I got pregnant and ended up retiring from the club and moved to this really small town. I mean, this town, the, the most Western town you could have ever seen in your life. I mean... <laughs> And 
I've just been kind of, I've been kind of in hermit mode, you know, learning and studying. And this, I, um, it was about last, it was last summer. I don't even remember exactly. I just re I just Googled hypnotherapy and I think I was literally looking up Dolores Cannon's program, but HMI was the first thing that popped up. And I, you know, it was stating like we had, we've just released online classes. You know, you don't have to live in LA to go to school anymore. So I'm, a, you know, being a veteran, I have my GI bill and it covered 100% of everything. I'm like, okay, this is crazy, you know? And they paid me like $2,000 to go to school. So I got my Reiki certification and, you know, I started, I've been channeling and doing all of these, um, like I do psychic work in the grids of the earth. I help anchor in like Christ consciousness into the earth, you know, unity consciousness. And this school has kind of helped me. It's brought all these people into my life. Like I have met so many people that I know I have, you know, soul, they're in my soul group. They came here to change the world with me. And I went from having, you know, never feeling loved or having acceptance, you know, to finally, you know, even though we're not blood family, I still feel like I have a family now that I never felt like I had before. And, um, you know, my, my situation with my family, it's not much better. I'm still, I'm seen as the black sheep, you know, the one that is testing, doesn't believe their religion and, you know, you're covered <laughs> in tattoos and she's a stripper and all of this stuff. So I've kind of distanced myself from that because even though they're my blood family, um, you know, I don't need, we don't deserve to be treated that way. If someone can't love you and accept you for who you are, they don't deserve to be in your life, even if you're related. You know, we have to like remember that because we allow these toxic situations to play out and we don't put our foot down and set boundaries. Like even your family, they need boundaries too. And, um, you know, I had another baby and it's been, he ended up being born as the same Zodiac sign as me. And we've had so many like strange experiences together. So I know he came here too. Like all of my kids did. And this baby just kind of, it's like, what I needed, I guess. He helped me finally break free from those like abusive addiction cycles. And now I'm in a place where I've been sober for two years. And, you know, I really just want to help people integrate all of the things because these are all things. It was like I was playing out like lifetimes of karma all in one lifetime. And I was doing it for my bloodline, for my generation, for, you know, for my family. And it was all the stuff they couldn't transmute, all the stuff they couldn't or haven't or refused to. I did all of that. And it's going to help my children. And it, but it's also, it's, it's, you know, we're all collectively connected. We're all connected to the same energy. So it's healing my family too. Even if they can't feel it right now, they will. The more that I heal, the more that they will heal. And it may not happen in this lifetime, but I at least know you know, their souls will be at peace because I, I worked through that. And um, I've been in meeting everybody that I could have ever imagined. Like I, the kind of people I'm meeting, I didn't even think I could meet people like this because I've always been the weirdo, the outcast, you know, like I'm covered in Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings tattoos. Like I'm always about like fantasy and dragons and shit. Like, <laughs> and it's, I'm finally at a place now where I'm like, 
happy. And I know, you know, I still have things going on in my life. We all do it, but it's a cycle, you know, a dark night of the soul can happen many, many times and they might be short or they might be long. It all depends on what you've learned. And if you, if you can re remember how to apply it in this situation, it's literally like a test of what, you know, like, can you maintain your vibration when this is happening to you? And, um, I, you know, I've been through a lot of stuff that I feel like because of that, I can really help people with their shadow work, with healing their, you know, their guilt, their shame, their pain, and all of that stuff. I mean, it's so connected as well to, you know, the sexual empowerment that I'm really connected to. Because when we're feeling that guilt or shame, I mean, it affects your sexual centers, it affects your creativity, your ability to create. If that's blocked, I mean, pretty much everything's blocked. You're not going to be able to create anything. You're going to, you know, go in and try to paint something and nothing will come or try to write something and you don't know what to say. And, you know, and I, I finally started writing um, fiction. It's like fiction kind of loosely based on my own psychic experiences that I say is fiction, but it's mostly real. <laughs> and um, that's something I always wanted to do. Something I always wanted to do as a kid. And I'm kind of you know, now I know I want to publish books and I am fine. It's like, I always knew I was magic as a child, but no one would ever like acknowledge it, you know, but I was able to keep, it was like, I was able to keep that veil off my face, even though everybody told me I was crazy or didn't believe me or thought something was wrong. I could still see that and experience that. So I've just been it's been awesome because so many people, you know, when they have these experiences with their families, they lose their imaginations. They lose their, you know, your third eye is wide open when you're born. And over time it calcifies and it just kind of closes off. That never happened to me. And um, I just thought it was been so magical that, you know, even though all these really horrible things have happened to me, I've always had my spirit team there, like my guides, my family, my higher self always there with me and everything always does work out. And even if it doesn't make sense to me right now, I know that it was for my highest good because if all of those things hadn't happened, I wouldn't be here right now. If I hadn't even have lost my son, I wouldn't be in Montana anymore and I wouldn't have had my baby. So it's like everything, even those bad things, if you really look at it, like if that didn't happen, where would you be? Would you be, you know, would, would you have met the same people? Would you be in the same situation? Like the one that you're happy with right now, the one that you feel complete in. So yeah, that's my story. And I um, just really want to help people integrate all of their selves. And that includes the selves that we can't remember, you know, the ones from our past, the, the ones where you were burned for being a witch or you know, persecuted for making herbal remedies in your kitchen. Like there's so many things and we are carrying that trauma in our bodies. We're carrying it with us in this lifetime. And if you don't integrate that stuff and heal that, it's like, that is so important. It's going to keep manifesting somewhere in your life until you heal it and accept it and integrate it. And it's not about denying that part of yourself. It's about accepting and loving part of yourself, loving that dark part, that shadow, and hugging her and telling her it's okay. And, you know, denying the shadow, you know, in this new light working thing that's going on right now, that's blowing up. It's like everything light, 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 
like light is awesome, but darkness has a place too. And without darkness, how would we grow? You know, Absolutely. so that's, that's that. my story. Thank you, Renee. Hey, you brought up a really good question there that I think we should uh, think about addressing next time. Really important question. When was the first time you saw God in drag? <laughs> okay. So also important to clarify if there's a point in time where we all look like assholes. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I was about to say. So if during go during Renee's heartfelt all right, all right. Uh, message, uh, Callum. Renee's like crying, and all these guys are laughing like assholes. And Callum put something in. in the chat that we all have going on about when was the first time you saw God in drag. So if you see everyone covering their mouth during this heartfelt thing, it's because Callum. It was, it's, it's not because Callum's an asshole either. It was in response to a question. Yes, about I've I've, I've integrated my inner year asshole for all of us. Molly, yeah, I, I have integrated my inner asshole. I'm, I'm right. my relationship with my asshole is great. Thank you very much. And and that's a valid question <laughs> to kind of bring up to the audience because it's one that I asked the group because Renee said something about in 2020, and that's and for myself, that's when it occurred and. I, I become very curious how many people and if you're and if you're out there listening and you had this this pivotal point and in 2020 reach out to us tell us about it absolutely again there'll be ways to reach out to us uh in whatever description it is that you find this and i'll at the end of this episode give a give everyone a way to reach out to us but and i, guess I just want to say b- before we move on to jess um Thank you for sharing that, Renee. I think it's very resonant with a lot of people. Frankly, I've heard multiple stories of women who, you know, their husbands have families and and they have their children taken away. And um, I think it's very resonant for a lot of people. And and I know that everybody in this group has experienced their own version of loss. And And Renee asked before the show, like, how much should I share? Like, is this, is that okay? And it's important. We all encouraged her to to share who she is, where she's been, what she's done, all of herself. And we all intend to bring that honesty because somebody out there needs to hear everything. Somebody out there needs to hear what you each of us has to say. Exactly. It doesn't and, matter how dark it's been. It doesn't matter where you are in life. It doesn't matter what you're fucking going through, right? Turning around. There is a way to get to inner peace yes and for for myself and renee kind of mentioned something like this i don't have the best past i haven't done the best things i haven't been the nicest person and becoming this who i am i had to to decide what to do with that and at first the first instincts to reject it but then i realized there was no other choice that to be grateful for it. That if I'm happy right now, if I believe I've found my calling and I am truly, truly happy, how can I, and, or any of us possibly regret anything that's happened because it's put us in this position that we can be who we are now. And so anyone listening that it doesn't matter who or what you've been, that's not what you are. And however you choose to live the rest of your life can be your choice and you can turn it around and it doesn't matter what you've done. doesn't matter who you've been. You use that 
to bring you to a point that you want to be. And when you've come to where you want to be, you can look back at who you've been and realize that was all to learn and all made you who you are when you come to the end of that path. And speaking for myself, not to speak for anyone else, it was worth it. Everything I've been through, everything I've lost, it was all worth it. I, I can't even think about it the same as I used to because I cannot regret or take back a single thing that I've done, no matter what it's cost me, because I'm here right now with, with all you guys speaking to you all. And that's worth it. And if that's worth it, it was all worth it. So don't think that, that you can't. Don't think it's too late. Don't think that there's no hope because every single one of us here, I'm pretty sure, has been convinced there's no hope, has been convinced that we are irredeemably lost in some fashion. Struggled with shame, Struggled whether with it was shame, our own or imposed on us. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that path is, I want to be very clear, it's ugly. It can mm-hmm. be very ugly for a while, but mm-hmm. know that that's not a sign you're on the wrong path, right? That's not a, a way to tell. It's not just like you wake up one morning perfectly happy and it's fine because you made the choice. It's a process, right? Mm-hmm. But it's worth it. Absolutely. Well, you know, we're not, most of us, sorry, Callum. Well, it's okay. your turn. Go um, for it. <laughs> most of us are brought up learning how to process pain. Yeah. Emotional pain, physical pain, spiritual pain, all of it. We resist it. We resist it. And the more we resist it, the more painful it is to process. Right. And I just like, that kind of feels like a standalone, but I just want to like have grace for myself and for everyone else who is experiencing that, that you can learn to allow it and it gets easier. And it's a teacher, right? It like brings you even that, like Molly Lou was talking about coming home to yourself. All of this is like coming home to yourself. And once you're home with yourself, you find your community and learning how to process your emotions, especially the pain. It brings you even more into your own truth. And once you can see it that way, that reframe of like, this pain is telling me something about myself. This pain is bringing me to what's most true and important. And the love, the pain brings you to the love. And once you can reframe it that way and recognize that it like, it's such a sigh of relief. And it starts unfolding in a, in with more ease. So it doesn't have to be a negative. Absolutely. I I guess I I wanted to, if I may jump in before you talk about yourself, Jess, (laughs) um, reiterate that a lot of times we endure that pain because it is something that makes us better 
for the destiny that is ahead of us because um, my wife and I grew up in the same city. We, our families moved to different areas or different neighborhoods in the city. And a lot of times we're in pretty much the same neighborhoods, never ran into each other, had the, all the same friends, never knew each other. And it wasn't until I moved to LA and she moved to Sacramento that we were introduced. And even then when we were introduced, it didn't, didn't work. It wasn't until like two years later that we reconnected. But if we were to look back on our relation, I mean, like on all that time when we could have connected and started our family a lot earlier and not be old and struggling with waking up every two hours to have kids, you know, uh, to feed the kids. Um, we if had we officially met and tried to have a relationship at that time, it wouldn't have worked because we needed to go through the struggles that we went through to, in order to respect and love each other the way that we do now. Um, and had I not experienced the things that I did, I probably wouldn't have given her the time of day because she says that we haven't met before a couple of times, which I don't even remember. And it was just like, pew, pew. I'll edit that out for you. Don't worry. <laughs> no, that's so good. That. No, it's that. important. <laughs> yeah. I was joking. And almost exact same thing. So I didn't know that about you two. And I know both of you. So that's wild because we grew up in the same town. I knew his brother. I knew his name briefly because we had a lot of the same friends, but we didn't meet until like way later. And he did not have a clue who I was even though we had talked briefly like once or twice before he didn't remember me at all and I was like that's fine I'll remember for both of us like I don't know but yeah well what matters is you know in, in the end you won right you might not remember but at the end you're the winner you're the one that you know is spending the rest of your life with them right, but exactly. I mean that being said like had we not experienced all of the things that we did she would not have um been willing and able to see me the way that she sees me now to see the value in me you know so a lot of times when we go through something bad it's painful and we're like oh my god i i hate this and i don't want to feel this pain but if you walk away from that and you say okay so what is this pain really trying to teach me and how can i grow from it it actually ends up being something very good and very positive for you even even the really horrible traumatic dark dark things that sometimes some people can't walk away from them and it takes them but if you can separate from that and say i really this has been introduced into my life and there's the belief that a lot of times you know right before we enter this life the soul decides the challenges that that we want to endure to learn and grow from it so if we think about that and we say well what are we what did our soul really want to learn from this so that we can transcend to the next level that'll really help guide us through the, the painful thing that we're, we're going through right now. And you never know when life is going to surprise you too. That's the other thing that I, that really like resonated from what you're saying, right? Like, like I had a terrible, like really dark marriage literally right before Pat and I got together, my husband and you never, and it's just like, that's my, that's like our relationship is very, peaceful generally speaking outside of you know being human right it's very safe for the first time and and you just never know when suddenly something's just gonna pop up and be like I'm ready for you if you just keep trying to do that work 
it'll happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, or a point of perspective, you're finally ready for me too. So valid, yeah. exactly. Absolutely. All right, Jess, dodge the bullet long enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just I'm honored to be a part of this group and um in awe of all of you being so vulnerable. Uh, sharing your truth and and just opening your hearts to me and to each other and to our audience. And I've been sitting here with the question of like, what is most useful for me to share? How can I bring to the table what needs to be heard? And I thank you guys for going before me because um, it's, it's reminded me of how I think, how universal it is that we all have uh, been conditioned and sometimes just in those first eight years, but many of us, it goes on and it's that like uh, law of repetition. It just keeps coming at us. Um, the conditioning to hide parts of ourselves, And it starts very early for most of us. And it can be really subtle or it can be really in your face. And I think that is one of the core values that is bringing us together is this desire to create a space and a community for people who have felt like there is a part of themselves or multiple parts of themselves that they have had to mask, had to suppress, that that homeostasis required you know there was not um you know that that if i show all of myself i'll be kicked out of my tribe or my family or my community that if i show this one part maybe i can show everything but just this one part's a little too much um and like most of you i've experienced that also and I've justified that, look, I have all this privilege. I'm okay. Like there's so much that I've got handed to me and going for me that it's okay. It's okay. Like that's just one little part. It's okay. Um, But I, I hope that this forum can give each of us on the podcast and to the listeners an opportunity to allow all of our parts to be seen and heard and given grace and nurturing and acceptance maybe for the first time um that may seem like a tall order but i think we're all here for it uh, 
what led me to hypnotherapy? Like, like many of you said, like, where do we start? Right. Where do we start? Um, from a very young age, I think I had a negativity bias, bringing it back to that of seeing people's pain, seeing people around me in physical pain and emotional pain. Um, Noticing what they were doing to cope, noticing how it affected their behavior, not understanding why one person could have willpower over something and another person couldn't, um, not understanding how each person couldn't see their own power and uh, gifts and amazingness, how they limited themselves, and also feeling very alone and on the outside myself. So all of that naturally led me to being drawn to what makes people tick, learning about psychology, learning about all forms of wellness. I was a licensed massage therapist for a time and learned oh, so much, um, so much wonderful knowledge and experiencing the impacts of body work and how important that is. Um, and that forever changed my perspective of um, someone who's been predominantly in her head or in the clouds. Then I had this experience of what it's like to connect with your body. And as Renee said, you know, that the dance, the being in your body can bring about such healing in ways we never expected and connect you to yourself in multiple layers and ways and to be and beyond, not just to yourself, but to the collective and spiritual realms. And then I spent most of my adulthood, um, raising my kids, raising my kids and putting everything into being um, responsible for their mental, physical, emotional, spiritual well-being. And I never learned that 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 didn't have to be at the expense of my own. And so I had to go through those trials of, of like, you know, learning the stubborn hard way of like <laughs> going, 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 and then being taken out of commission because <laughs> you won't give yourself a break, right? You won't um, see the value in your own healing. And that happened to me in multiple ways. And, um, I can relate to the playing out things through relationships that weren't healthy and showing up in ways that weren't healthy, you know, and um, and I had a couple of, of awakenings, a few awakenings along the way. I... I realized, hey, like I, I, I want to pursue something more 
fun, more meaningful um, career-wise, and finally recognizing this is beneficial to everyone in my life, um, that that's not selfish, that's selfful, that's adding to the group. And, um, but I was still, I was still shooting, like a lot of us do, shooting all over myself. I was still doing it within the confines of my programming, of what I thought was possible for me, what I thought, um, just one aspect of myself, playing out just one aspect of myself. And um, all along, I'd been neglecting my own healing um, from past trauma. And I started having um, serious panic attacks that presented with symptoms ranging from feeling like a heart attack to feeling like a stroke. And, um, and as anybody who's been through, um, major health crises, um, can attest that, that like will take you out when you've been refusing to give yourself attention, that it can manifest in physical ways, like to demand your attention. And that was my experience um, more than once um, that my body required me to attend to myself in ways that I was refusing to. Um, because I had always been the strong one for everyone else. And that was this role I was playing. And that in my conditioning, in my knowns, strong, um, didn't include self-nurturing and care and taking a step away or to the side or, um, so that was a learning process. And in that learning process, I, I found, um, cognitive mindset work that helped me start to retrain my thoughts, differentiate my thoughts from my feelings, helped me um, quit relying on the coping mechanisms that I had been relying on that were not healthy for me. And I found so much value from that. I decided that I wanted to get into coaching and with my health background, my wellness background, I decided to go uh, get a certification in health coaching. And what I was finding was that the nutrition was great and learning um, cognitive work was great. But there was still this wall that myself and people I was working with would come up against that it only got us so far. 
And there was a deeper layer that needed to be addressed. And I was exploring, what is that? What is that? Like, how do we get to that deeper layer? How do we get that next step of this was this reoccurring pattern I'd been seeing all my life that like willpower, like getting you so far, but then having a regression or not being able to get further, even though you really desperately wanted something so badly, wanted the healing, wanted the um, success, whatever it was. And I think, I think what I, I stumbled across was um, EFT, emotional freedom technique tapping. And I was like, okay, this brings in the body. You're tapping on these energy points. I had experienced um, the uh, positive effects of acupuncture many times in my life. And I was like, okay, this makes sense. So I started looking around for that and training in that. And that's when I found HMI. And I was like, oh, wait, wait, wait. They they teach that and all of these other modalities that connect the cognitive, the body. They open the space for spiritual and like exploration. And I didn't think about it for very long. I, like a lot of you, I was just like, oh yeah, that's, that's, that's it. And um, being during the pandemic and the shift to online and the ability to get um, student loans and financial aid because it's accredited, these opportunities, that's another thing we don't think about a lot when we've talked, uh, many of you have um, mentioned access, access to information, access to resources and healing. Um, we're fortunate to have that access to this education and in the format that we were. And I think, you know, the timing of it all is significant. Um, and yeah, as soon as I got in within a month, uh, there was no looking back. I knew this is opening all the doors to anything's possible then. Once you have these tools, once you have these tools to access your subconscious, embody the change that you want, because hypnosis helps us bring it in to our body too, to experience it through all of our sensations. That tool opens the door to pursue any calling, right? Because we can use it, we can use it to support ourselves on whatever our journey is. And that's why I knew there was no looking back. And, and I think all of us feel that way that like we're here to help other people have the tools to do the same for themselves to empower them to come home to themselves, to like be accepting of themselves and be in a community that accepts them for all of who they are, because we all play this important role in the collective. And if we're allowing to be all of ourselves, and that's when all the magic really happens.
and I just feel so honored to be a part of it. Thank you. That was awesome. Yes, I got to say, you broke my heart open like three times there. (laughs) When she speaks, it's just, (laughs) I just listened. Like, I literally can't help myself, but to fully. And if, if, if anybody's watching these videos and sees occasionally us looking distracted, it's because we're messaging each other about how amazing each other are. Like literally that's (laughs) what we're doing. We are fully present and we're so present that we need to like. I do feel the need to say, uh, this is not an endorsement of uh, the Hypnosis Motivation Institute or any of its instructors until such time as they pay us. Uh, <laughs> we just all happen to have gone there. We are we are not paid to endorse or or anything like that. We just neither certain. are we in uh, working for them. No, uh, we we are not employed by or all right, all right, all right, gentlemen, all right, all right. <laughs> I think, uh, we need to put that out there. Make sure that there's we need, no, to, need uh, to toss that out there though, all right. yes. but. I, I feel like Jess and then Molly's comment after um, helps us understand why this is the Hypno Divergence podcast. Yes. Um, because regardless of who you are, you can employ tools to help you be your whole self Absolutely. and not leave any part of you behind. And that's why we brought all of us together for this, that it we we decided that it wasn't going to serve as just one of us or two of us that it had to be all of us that we needed a a divergence as it was of of opinions perspectives experiences because we could speak to you all listening all the better rather than just having one of us that that you could have this understanding through and (laughs) <laughs> this was this was all unintentional. I did not mean to have this run so long or split this in the two episodes. So uh, we'll work on that transition in post. Always uh, just remember you get it in post. Uh, Are we but, surprised it went on this long? Whenever, no, not in the slightest. Whenever we <laughs> like originally we had, I was like, oh, I'll allot us an hour, an hour and a half. That didn't work. Three hours later. Yeah. <laughs> So our plan today was just to record the first episode. Uh, so there was no pressure, but. And yet we've uh, generated a special. On yeah, we have generated a cast. special. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, and this was, I just also want to say, this is a, a very somber side of us. Yeah, it's um, going to be way more. We are. Than this yeah. One Okay. This, this specific episode, personality hasn't this, come out yet. Yeah. This this <laughs> is just the the who we who we are and what we do. We haven't started with the crash jokes yet. That's coming. Episode three. Don't the worry. Bad jokes are coming. Yeah, the bad jokes are coming. Uh, <laughs> but there's no stopping. So I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up now. Uh, what turned out to be episode two. I want to thank everyone for for tuning in for listening again, and. If you have any questions for for us individually or for the group, uh, please send them to hypnodivergence at gmail.com. And we do have a website, hypnodivergence.com. Uh, it might still be under construction by the time you, you listen to this or it could be up. So go check it out either way. 
but we will have links in the descriptions to be able to view all of our individual sites. We will have uh, ways to get a hold of us if you have any questions. And again, I want to emphasize any questions you have, any comments, observations, whatever have you, shoot us an email. We will always answer your questions. We might even answer them on a show if we believe it's something that people need to hear that, that it will resonate with a lot of people. So please ask away, ask any question you want. So um, could we make one distinction here? What's that? Uh, in the sense that if it's more like directed at one person, maybe uh, if they wanted to, and they wanted, didn't feel comfortable sending it to the group, mm. they could use our website yes. links to. Yes. We will all have our more. website links or contact information okay. in yes. the description separately. And if it's more general question that they send it to uh, the hypnodivergence email, so we can all, you know, be exposed. Yes. We all know that that's there and we can all respond to it. Absolutely. And so, we all know that it's like the whole point of this is there's likely going to be like one or two people that resonate way more mm -hmm. with you. Right. And right. like, we love that. We're here for that. We're totally open for that. And that's part of this. Right. Yeah. So whatever you feel comfortable with. Absolutely. If you have a question for one of us specifically, if you have a question, one of us, you want one of us specifically to answer, let us know, communicate. We are, we are here as a service. We are all very busy, but we all want to take the time to, to do this for the community, to make that community. And so before, before I wrap up, is there anything anyone else wanted to add? Just thank you. Absolutely. I do. I do have something to say, but not for the podcast. But. Okay. Oh, cool. Well, it was a pleasure hanging out with all you guys. And thank you everyone for listening. And just remember, it's like Dr. Seuss says, you got to be odd to be number one. See you next time. <laughs> Cheers.